Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Rotation, a Minnesota rocker, CDL-themed, centered around whatever you want to call it, podcast that we do here on The Rocker YouTube. My name is Ashley, a.k.a. Midnight. I'm here, as always, joined with Kingdom. And this week, we have a special guest. we got Coach St. Brian St. on board with us to just chat, you know, chat the, the latest roster mania, how the team's feeling going into stage four, and then hopefully champs. And yeah, it should be a good time. Brian, thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Heck yeah. How were scrims today? Did we win? We did not. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, I love the honesty, ah. though. I love the honesty. That's not what scrims <laughs> are for. Scrims aren't for winning now. They're for winning later, right? Yeah, ideally. Ideally. that's. I mean, that's the way we want it to work out. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to kind of start off. I think we should recap the break, right? I don't know like what I was thinking, but I wasn't anticipating such a long break between the end of stage three and the beginning of stage four. Um, what was that break like for you guys? Obviously we had, um, not the, not the finish we wanted during the stage three major, but kind of what were your takeaways from the stage three major? And then obviously going into the break, how did, how's everything been? Yeah, uh, I mean, with the break, it hasn't felt like really long because I think it's like three weeks in total from, you know, when uh, the Toronto event ended and to when, like, the matches start up later this week. But, yeah, we've kind of just been uh, back at it immediately after. I think we had, like, three days of downtime after the Toronto event, and we've just been playing every day since then. We had, like, one off day when we went out for uh, Eli's birthday, but outside of that, we've just been playing every day. So it hasn't felt like too much of a break for us, I would say. Let's go. Maybe it's just felt like longer for me because I'm like, there oh. are no matches also, to predict. I also didn't talk about the event. Yeah, uh, but yeah, what, I mean, yeah, yeah but what, what I felt like went wrong was mostly our S&D. We make like a lot of fast rush plays in search, and I, I feel like at the event or just on LAN in general, constantly playing uh, aggressive in search isn't, gonna be too consistent like yeah we can have our our quick rounds that that we're confident in but we need to actually throw in some more looks where we change up our tempo quite a bit when, when it comes to land especially like we can get away with a lot more fast plays online since i think teams are a little more uh careless but yeah we didn't really have too many spreads and 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 confident play calls especially in the um lat series and i, and I think our snd is really what bit us the most because our hard point was really good all stage uh we at least went like one for one in every series that we played in except for the toronto series we got 3-0'd obviously but her point was really good we lost one control all stage as well if if our snd didn't really falter at the event i think we could have easily made a run to a like top four yeah and that's well, that guys... kind of like my oh, oh go ahead oh, sorry. kingdom sorry i know we've got a <laughs> no. little bit of a delay on the discord here with when i start talking and when kingdom tries to talk so he's definitely not interrupting me it's just a you know the internet man the internet <laughs> kingdom, what were you gonna say well no i was gonna say that like of the top 10 players of the whole stage like there they they were from only a few teams there was like three of them from the surge uh two from ultra uh, two from Rocker, one from Phase, one from NYSL, and one from Optic. Um, and I believe it was Attach and Havoc, maybe. But um, you guys had a really good stage when you went to, like, when you left the event after not placing how you wanted to place. Um, one of the things we've talked about on the show is consistently, like, is the biggest difference between the Rocker and a lot of the other teams is not their win percentage. It's just Rocker haven't gone far enough in these mm -hmm. lands. 
you know, and picked up enough matches and just played enough. Um, but did you guys leave feeling like we learned a lot, we were successful, um, or were the guys, you know, heads hung a little low based on just not placing how they wanted to place in the, in the major? We definitely didn't feel too successful. Uh, that's for sure. We were, we were, we were proud of how we played online, but, um, we definitely let the event get the best of us. Uh, search, as I said before, was, was a huge issue for us at the tournament. And that's the main reason that we lost. In my opinion, we definitely should have taken the LAT series, even without winning any of the search in that one. I feel like we still should have won it because that, that Berlin hardpoint Dylan was absolutely going crazy. And we just threw away, like, forgot what chills it was, but there was two that we kind of threw away pretty bad in that match. And it should have just been like a super winnable map, especially with how Dylan was playing. Yeah, that, that was a tough, yeah. tough map. Lots of just momentum lost maybe right there. Cause yeah, you guys were looking so, so good um, going into the land itself. And then, yeah, to not get where you want to go on land is, is tough, but I mean, it's crazy because I was I was gonna say, um, you know, Rocker has definitely been known uh, for search and destroy for such a long time. So it felt foreign to watch us go on land, and even obviously we went five zero in quals. So like that, we were sitting pretty right, and then to watch us go on to land, we're winning map ones. I'm like, oh my god, who the hell are these guys? Like this is awesome. <laughs> uh, but then we lose it a little bit in search. Um, just if I could like be a little blunt, like what do you kind of attribute that to? Is it as simple as just, oh, they focused more on respawn, so then they lost their touch on search, or is it literally just other teams adapting, or it, what do you um, kind of chalk No, nah, I don't to? think we lost our touch, because even, even like, in our practices now, like, the good practices we have currently are, like, the ones where we're playing, you know, uh, like, best of 11 series, where we're playing all game modes, and, and our search and our controls are still looking very good in those. I think uh, when it came to the event, that, that first series also being super late... I feel like it didn't help us because we're kind of just sitting there around all day. I feel like we got in our own heads a little bit and just overthought uh, what to do in S&D going out series because it's always hard to play a team for a second time around. And LAT especially haven't been the greatest search team, so we didn't really know what to expect going against them. You know, going against like teams like Toronto, Atlanta, Seattle, Optic, uh, you can kind of get really good reads on how they like to play certain things in S&D, and we just didn't really have good reads on LAT since they didn't really have too many strong S&D maps they played leading up to that tournament. So, Brian, you've played uh, COD yourself. You've played professionally. You've played in a LAN environment. Um, you know, this year, this other team, you know, FaZe has had a lot of, or a lack of success when mm -hmm. it comes to LAN. They just have not been able to get wins, you know, and it's obviously getting to them, all the boos and everything, being big villains and all that. Um, is there anything about the land environment this year that is categorically different or is there, cause it seems like there's some teams that just are impacted by it or is it just like midnight mints in this last week or two weeks ago, like she hears a lot, like we got to do it on land. We got to do what we do in practice. We got to do it. Like, what is it that prevents teams from translating what they do online to land? Because I know these are all skilled players. Yeah, with, with this game, I feel like it, the level of competition is just so high. And with how few land reps you actually get, uh, you just have so few chances to actually like go out there and do it. I mean, we started in losers mm -hmm. round one at two of the majors where it's just, you know, an automatic one or done in, in that yeah. scenario. Uh, I mean, even started with like the kickoff, we got like a bye round one. So the first team that we played had already gotten to play a series on land uh, on Vanguard for the first time when we were kind of just sitting there watching. 
Then we go in the major one. We're going to lose round one. Uh, end up winning that first match, but then, you know, we have a second match the same night, six hours later, kind of fatigued at that point. Then we go in our own major, have to play optic losers round one. It, it, it's just hard to kind of catch a rhythm when you're playing so little series on land throughout the year, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's that's how it's kind of been so far. Um, but now we turn the page a little bit. All right, we're headed into stage four. We do a little bit of a state of Minnesota rocker, and what like better person to have on for this segment, <laughs> right? Right now it is do or die time. Obviously, going into stage four, that is the last stage before champs. You need to be top eight out of the twelve CDL teams to make champs. And we are currently sitting at ninth. But if you do look at the middle section of the standings everything super close this could still go anyone's way really it just matters you know how how these teams perform we're literally 10 points behind la thebes 15 behind gorillas bump up five more and hey, we could be in sixth place right like so this gets it's gonna get dicey i think this stage is obviously gonna decide a lot so i mean same right from the source state of minnesota rocker how we feeling right how do you look at kind of stage four um for for this season um stage four i mean it's kind of do or die for us we're being like really critical on ourselves right now especially in practice we're just trying to hit the best form we possibly can going into the stage just due to especially due to how important it is because i think our first week of matches is definitely our hardest throughout the entire stage where we have both optic and florida uh don't know what to expect out of optic right now because you know they've been playing a ton but they're always going to be a strong team uh just with the skill on that roster and uh florida rumored to be making some changes you know they're just a complete wild card right now as well and they're always they're always like a hard team in matches i feel like no matter like what the scoreline is they're always going to put up some sort of a fight it seems like yeah i mean it's it's gonna be absolutely crazy oh sorry sorry kingdom we're stepping on each other because of the discord delay but what were you gonna say no, I just say that's a good call. Like, you know, honestly, uh, Optic just announced like an hour, hour and a half ago that Prolude's coming back in for Illy for this uh, major. And I don't know if he's going to be there for the land. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But they're already in champs. Like, they, you know, me and Will were talking about, producer Will, we're talking about it before the show. It's like, they're already at champs. Why risk Illy? You know, yeah, and then have another 100%. Zuma situation. Um, he's he's a superstar in this league and a great IGL and is going to be needed at champs, period. And so you guys have to go into that. And, you know, maybe if the search vibes come back, you know, that that'll be a great match, you know, with Pro Loot coming in with the back and forth of the roster, Illy coming in, going out, maybe they'll lose a step, you know, in that regard. And so maybe the rocker can take them. Um, but the Florida piece as well, it's like they're making changes. So how do you even prepare for that match? You don't you like you don't even know what roles. Yeah, gonna be Ma- in, matches right? like that are always so hard to play. Like even the optic match. I mean, you have three players who have zero pressure on them because you know if they lose whatever they have a sub they're already qualified for champs this and that they're optic and then they have you know prolude who is you know playing to perform well enough to get a spot in the league next season so i mean matches like that are always always really hard ones going into because you never really know like how to truly prepare for those yeah it's hard and you know the thing that's interesting and i know we're going to talk about the next major and chasing champs and all that like seeding is also going to now be the important thing for these top mm-hmm. you know, six teams that kind of are, they're almost assured in, you know, in a way, I think Boston could get bumped out, but it's going to be really hard. But it's like, um, if I'm the surge and, you know, optic are bringing in pro loot, I'm going hard to try to get that second seed. 
You know, 100%. I feel like only the top, like, four, top five are even locked in right now because, I mean, Boston, even, yeah, Boston, even with, safe. like, two wins in their league matches, like, they're still in a pretty rough spot, to be honest. Like, they're only 20 yeah. points ahead of, like, the 10 spot, which is, you know, tied the 9-10 spot, which is, like, where us in Florida are right now. Well, maybe they're, yeah, they're only 20 yeah, points ahead. Good call. You're right. I think the it may be just Ravens and up, and I mean Ultra aren't even super safe, you know, in terms of uh-huh. their seeding. They could get bumped down to eighth, you know. Depend now, they seem to be playing better, but um, I'm interested to see. This is going to be, you know, we keep talking about it every year. You know, it's like this last major before champs is always crazy. Now, is do you know? Is it true, Brian, that like rosters for this are are it? But if they're gonna bring Illy back, then it can't be locked yet. He's already signed to their roster, so they'd be able to bring him Sign back. Him it's kind of, it, I think it's, I think it's just a matter of you know people that are signed to your roster going uh, into okay. like the major. Got it. Got and it. and just for sense. for people who might not know, so the rosters that are set for stage three are the champs rosters, or at least like whoever's on the bench and whoever's on the lineup are are there for. Or yeah, so I said stage three. Mm-hmm. Sorry, stage four is what I meant. True. Okay. True facts. Let's go. So, I mean, I think, you know, going into this weekend when we're looking ahead here and we're, we're checking out the fight for champs. I was, I I don't know. The producer will put that in the run of show and that just sounds so epic. Um, Obviously the standings are super, super close. We already kind of looked at those. Um, You know, you mentioned Brian, we've got a, a tough first weekend here. We're playing, Optic Texas and uh, the Florida Mutineers. So, you know, if we're looking at uh, kind of the future here. Oh, this is for the turn. Yeah, what? Let's go. Look at these matches this weekend. Yeah, producer Shannon's on it, bro. She's already she's already switching to things. She's reading my mind. Uh, we play, dude, we're the marquee match. Let's go versus Optic Saturday, June 25th at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 5 Central for all my Minnesotans. Let's go. Um, dude, so coming back um, into kind of major four or stage four, I guess they call it major four. Not why was I calling it stages? Is it called stages anymore? You can call it whatever you want. Yeah, you can call it whatever. <laughs> okay, they're stages, but not major the end. Four it, 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 ends, it ends in a major. <laughs> yes, yeah. it ends in a ma- major four qualifiers online for the major. That's on land. Uh, so we play obviously optic, and then on Sunday we play Florida. Um, Brian, I know it, this is a tough question. But if you're looking at looking ahead here, are these like in your mind are these must wins? I mean, just based on where we are in the standings, nah, they're, or they're, is this they're definitely like... they're definitely must wins, especially the Florida one uh, for sure. Going two and zero this week is huge for us, just just due to like momentum building as well, and, and kind of just putting more pressure on the other teams because some teams uh, that you know were around in the standings play each other this week, so one team's guaranteed to win those, one team's guaranteed to lose. So going 2-0 and, 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 you know, getting tied with those teams or even maybe potentially getting uh, like 10 points ahead of one just puts a lot of pressure on them. The Florida match for sure is a must win since we're tied with them in the standings. Also, getting a win over them uh, would secure us to have like the head-to-head tiebreaker over them as well. Because we only played them once this season. We won it 3-1 if we, if we go out and we win another series against them. Uh, it puts us in a really good spot because we're able to tie them in the standings and get a spot of champs over them. Good point. I think even... This whole weekend is important, 
Yeah, for there's a lot. The there's a lot of Rocker, there's a lot. Like, yeah, there's a lot. The LA Thieves, if they can catch a nice L to Atlanta and maybe lose to Boston, that's good for mm-hmm. you guys. If Boston loses to Optic, that's good for you guys. Like if New York beats the Gorillas and Ultra beats the Gorillas, yeah, that's good for you guys. Like there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot weekend, of huge like, stuff going on. I mean, the LAT Boston match, like I feel like that one just doesn't really matter. Like either of those teams losing is good for us. So right. whoever wins it wins it. But yeah, all those other matches are are crazy you know thieves losing to the phase would be big um lag beating or lag losing to new york would be big like a new york two in a week is really really good for us that's what, like what you want to see yeah, the most i feel true. like you guys are rooting for the goat <laughs> dude let's go nysw for life come on dude that's a money match too uh sam maybe this is like maybe a player question um do you guys like care about the the what are they called the bounty matches where there's um, like a little bit of prize on the line or is it you? Just I mean, it's definitely it's definitely nice, you know, having the extra 10k on it, but it doesn't change uh, any anything, especially with how the like how big the stakes actually are right now. Yeah. With uh, champs looming around the corner and how close everything is, isn't <laughs> I think the 10k is kind of the last thing on our mind going into those matches. Sure. Yeah. It's well, all about except the for for the New York boys. <laughs> No, I mean, hey, New York, if they start out hot, like they can they can pull off a miracle. It can happen. I'd love to see that happen. But yeah, they're 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 in a rough spot. They need to actually have like an event winning stage, I would say. They would need to crush crush qualifiers and I think win the event in order to qualify for champs. Unless I mean that would that that would definitely get them into the event. I feel like if they have a, a killer qualifying stage and actually go on the win. If they get like if they get like four wins in the in the uh, event win, it's like a hundred five points. I'll put them at like one seventy five. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's a safe number right that would lock yeah. them in. I'm for sure bad at math, because... um, so I can't say for sure or not if New New York Subliners will not be at champs. But hopefully, Rocker will be. I believe, man. We fight. One thing I will say about this team, and it, it gave us a, a ton of hope. Obviously, last stage with the five zero and qualifier qualifiers, and I think. You know, watching the guys play on land, you see them improving in in the respawns, and so you kind of feel like there's been progress um, in the things that we struggled with, right? Mm-hmm. Like the qualification matches, respawns. Now's the time for it to all come together. It's big to come together. Let's talk rosters coming together. A little bit of a roster mania here. It's like a mini roster mania, I'd say. No huge, huge shakeups. Um, we are gonna only talk about confirmed rosters no rumors brian saint's lawyer was very strict about that uh, <laughs> he was on my ass yeah it's, it's literally just um us deciding to talk about confirmed stuff so um obviously the confirmed changes we have right now gizmo neptune vivid we've got people moving kind of all around um oh look at us man lag bro they put out the graphic they got slasher they got spartan they got Neptune. They got Hook. That's actually kind of a nasty team. I love, I love Asim. I think he's great. Um, and I, I'm gonna miss like his hype on stage is like no other. Um, but I actually think this squad's nasty. Uh, Brian, what do you, what do you think about the the moves that LAG made here? It's hard to tell with LAG right now. It, it could end up being a pretty lateral move, but they need to try something for sure. I mean, and when we practiced against them recently, since they made this move, they seem pretty good. Uh, like we've been pretty back and forth against them in in practice, so uh, I mean we'll see how the change pans out for them in matches. I don't think they have a s- easy schedule this stage by any means. I'd have to double check, but they have a very hard schedule. Yeah, 
So I, I think I think with this change, it really comes down to kind of how they start. They I, they have to start out hot making this change, in my opinion, for that actually work out well. True, so you got the purple teams. Here. This is the purple team that you know the Minnesota Rocker would love to see not catching wins right now. So yeah, um, I and and to be honest, like I think lateral move, like you said, Brian was kind of accurate. Like I look at this and I'm like, okay. These are great players, um, but each of them has had their own like drastic struggles on mm-hmm. other rosters, you know, um, with the exception maybe of Spart, you know. But since the GAing of the weapon that he brought into play, like he hasn't been the same. Um, not that he's bad by any you know means. Um, a seam for me, I want at champs, and so maybe him staying on the roster is a good thing for LAG. They can put him back in the lineup when they get to champs. Um, I just would want that player on that stage. Um, and I know Asim hasn't always been able to prove himself when given the opportunity, like what's happened this year on lag. Uh, but I think that's more with some of these attitudes. And I was hearing a lot of this talk um, from, I think it was the flank guys. I don't remember, but in terms of some of these players like slasher, like crim, like clay that really, they can't play with anyone else that has any type of an ego bigger than theirs, or that's going to try to be. Yeah, it's hard. Work. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering with, with, how Neptune's going to work with Slasher. Yeah, LAG definitely need to start out hot. I mean, the the big reason they won Major Two was uh, their S and D. They clutched out a ton of series that that tournament. You know, they won like ten S and Ds in a row or whatever it was. Won a bunch of different Game Fives in their whole losers run. So that's not the most reliable way to kind of. Right consistently win like if you catch heat one weekend yeah you can go on a run uh we've seen teams you know with hot s and d's on a weekend uh make a little bit of a run but it's not like the most reliable for like consistent results especially for like a, a three week long uh group stage yeah time will tell yeah We'll have to see what happens. And then um, another move we've got on for Boston Breach. Vivid is going over to Boston Breach officially. I was wondering when they were going to make a change. I really was. I wasn't sure. Uh, it's Capsital who's who Vivid is coming in for. Um, may, I mean, I might get flamed for this take. Maybe it's just because I love his stage presence. And you'll notice that I've actually said that about Asim too, but Capsule, like, dude, I go out on main stage yeah, and like Capsule's there. I'm worried about getting choke slammed through the table. Like, he's <laughs> he's a beast. He's a beast in game too. Obviously, Vivid's very, very good, but he's kind of bounced around, you know, at this point a yeah. little bit in the CDL. So I view this as a little bit of a lateral move. I would keep Capsule instead, but obviously things weren't working. So I'd love to know, like, both your guys' takes here. On vivid uh, replacing capsule on breach. Um, it, this one's like really hard for me to say. Uh, I just need to see how like vivid's pacing lines up with everyone else in that team. I do think it, this is probably a better fit for him than Florida was. But one of the bigger issues Boston had recently, uh, since their struggle started, was how their S and D gameplay has progressed. Uh, I can't even talk right now, progressed. They've been really lackluster in S&D recently, and, and Cap was probably their best S&D player uh, even during their struggles, and, and Vivid hasn't been crazy in S&D of this game. I know he's a big, like, eights grinder for Search, so maybe it's just, you know, a proponent of the uh, the system he was playing in in Florida and, you know, kind of having to be, like, the bomb carrier or the, the player initiating a lot. But 
I just don't know if this is like a change that helps them enough in respawn to make it uh, a big game changer for them. But then again, you know, they could just be looking for uh, a breath of fresh air, like a new honeymoon period to kind of get the spark alive again. Have you guys, uh, like, when did this roster form? Have you scrimmed them or anything? We, for some reason, like, we never really scrim against Boston. Rarely, I say. They're, they're probably, like, one of the teams we practice against the uh, the least this season. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Some, things just never line up with them. Like, a bunch and of times we were supposed to play them. Like, they had to cancel, a, like, a couple times. I don't know. We just haven't played them a ton this year. I'm interested in how you guys as coaches, when these changes happen, prepare to play teams. It's weird. It's because when you have teams on your, your schedule for that stage, you're just not really playing them in general. So if you like, we can kind of scrim Boston and see how they're looking with their new roster, but any of the teams that like made a change and we're playing, like we're not really going to know much you about just them. Play them when you just play them when you get to the match. Yeah. So it's really about playing your game at this point. Yeah, that's all you can do. Interesting. Yeah, especially it's really at this interesting. Point and I, you know, I heard a lot of people talking about optic not scrimming certain teams and all that, but it's like I guess it makes sense. You know, like you you have to choose as a team who you, who you're going to scrim mm-hmm. based on how you want to improve, right? Yeah. Um, my opinion on this is very similar to Brian's. I have a hard time calling it. It feels lateral. It, um, I liked Capsules. Um, presence. I liked what he did for their brand. I think if Boston can just freaking win a couple matches in qualifiers and then win at least one in the, in the event, they're going to be fine to go to champs and um, really build on this. You know, when I was in Boston for PAX, um, I went to the Boston Breach Party and that roster, those were cool guys, man. Like Cap and, and Nero both were really cool to meet. And uh, I was joking with them about not being verified and then on <laughs> Twitter yet. <laughs> Um, and then when I went to PAX, they had a thing where the Boston breach like owners did a panel and to listen to how passionate they are and what they're building. Um, like there's a real future for the Boston breach as a like entity within the CDL, like, and as a franchise, like they, those guys are really trying to do something. And so I don't, I think capsule fits that, but I also understand that like champs is champs. And yeah you want your players to want to stay on your team. You want other good players to want to come to your franchise. And so you have to win and get, you have to get to champs. Um, It's not like a whole bunch of players are going to jump to Paris next year, even if they wipe their whole roster. Mm -hmm. There's players that are going to be like, no, I'm good. I don't even want to play for that franchise because of that. They're known for losing. And I love what like Seattle surge has done this year. They've changed the whole like narrative on the surge. And now that team looks like, wow, these guys are going to be frying for quite a while. If they can keep, you know, Sib and Pred, that roster has a bright future. Um, that whole franchise does now that things have changed. And so I think Boston is just trying to make a change because they can't, they haven't been able to figure out what, what to do. They yeah. Keep, they, they, they can, they can't lose that chance spot that they were sitting pretty in like, no. the entire season. It's really, it's actually really rough for them too going into the stage because they arguably have the hardest schedule out of any. Team. I was, yeah, it looked really like their schedule. Like, looks they, like they start out against optic, you know, luckily for them, they can maybe catch them slipping since they're just starting to play with the prolude again. They won't have too many days going into that. Uh, <laughs> then they have LAT who's also in a position like where they need to win, have been performing relatively consistently throughout the entire season. 
then they have Seattle who just won. Then they have LAG who's also in a, you know, must win scenario. Then they have Toronto who's been playing great. Like this could be a really rough stage for them. It could, and they could get bopped out of contention. And I, I think that's why they're making a change is because they yeah. just need to. Like, I yeah, like Capsule. That's the main reason. I agree with you on that, Midnight. Like, I like Capsule a lot. Like, his personality. I like what he brings to the team. I liked him on the little ad they did with the wearing <laughs> the, like, you know, apron or whatever. And, you know, so we'll see what Vivid does. I mean, I hope he brings something. I think he fits here better than where he was. And so we'll see what he brings to the team. Hey, man, it's do or die time for so many teams, and that's what what makes this league so competitive. I know we say it every week, but I got to say it, dude. All of the teams in the CDL are so freaking good, man. It's honestly crazy. A couple other team changes here. Um, Paris, John out, Johnny in. Just adding a couple letters there. Um, I don't have much to say. They're not going to make champs. They might be the best team in the league now. You think? I don't. <laughs> no practice, practicing against Paris, they a lot of other teams have been saying it well as well. Like they have been crazy for some reason Hold recently. On, they they're add, just having fun. They're they losing. Yeah. three letters and they're just cracked. I mean, in the in the past though, they they were also never really like bad in practice, even when their their team just was never winning. But I don't know the past the past like two times we played them, they were coming kind of crazy. I can't lie. All right, I got Rocker wow, versus uh, Paris stage four finals. Let's go. I'm manifesting <laughs> that, baby. Let's go. Face is going to hate you for that one. <laughs> yeah. They need a hey, major. Up, they're man. desperate for a major. <laughs> hey, I think they're, they're – I don't know. I don't, I'm surprised Faze didn't make a change. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually just <laughs> talking sideways now. They're they're good for chance. So they don't necessarily need to. Uh, London, Harry out, Gizmo in. I fell asleep reading that. That's pretty crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Though. So they got Gizmo now. Gizmo's pretty nasty. I mean, I think well, he was on the lineup before, right? This is just kind of yeah, back swap yeah, back swap. back when they were having success. Then they took him out oh, due to uh, yeah. him going back to Europe. They never really specified uh, the reason. They said it was you know more like personal stuff. So he went back for a while. They brought in Harry. They're bringing him back in, kind of you know trying to find their their mojo they had at the beginning of the season. But I just don't. Just don't know if that's the, that's what's going to work. They're going to champs though, right? Like in your opinion, I mean, they Brian, should. Like they're I safe. Mean, like they're pretty safe. Right? At the same at the same matches. time though, if they do have like a one in four, like zero and five yeah. group stage, they're going to be like on the bubble going into the major. Right. Them actually winning that one losers bracket round round one series um, at Toronto could end up being like their saving grace. To be honest. True. But, yeah, I mean, they, they play us this day. I know we play them this stage. They start out with a match against Toronto. So they're only one week one. Then they play Florida, you know, another team uh, needing wins. I mean, whoever wins that match is uh, going to be feeling good. Then they play FaZe, and then they play LAG, who's also another must-win team. So, I mean, I feel like, I feel like looking at so many teams, like their schedule really – it's not easy because so many teams like this really need these wins right now. And like a lot of them just match up against each other. Yeah. It's been interesting yeah. to see how like the standings fall. Cause I think, um, you know, last year CDL used to do like a little bit of like a, I don't know if you call it a lottery or just like random picking of groups this year. It's different. You can tell that the qualification matches are based on seeding, um, which makes it kind of, 
funny when there's a team like London or Breach who's kind of high in the standings, but they've been struggling lately. And then they get matched against, you know, a hotter team that's kind of down more towards like six through ten. And then you see those matchups and you're like, holy cow, both these teams like literally need to win because the standings are so close. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, man, who's ever writing the script for this simulation? They're doing pretty good with the CDL, I'll be honest. It's it's pretty interesting to kind of look at the landscape of the matches that are coming up here in stage four. So with that, anything else you guys want to say on rosters before we move to picking predictions and whatnot um i'm curious this isn't necessarily roster related but i'm just curious before we move to you know the kind of final sections of the show like i did want to get brian's opinion on like what's happening in challengers and it sounds like you know oh, Doug martin has become like el capitan of challengers people Dude. and like did a petition and had everybody sign it like we're not going to play if you don't change the format and I've heard a bunch of people speak on the format in general for champs for challengers. Um, I have my own understanding of the situation from because I work in like marketing. And so I know that some of these decisions are business related, even though it's hurting the players and their potential in their futures. Um, And so I'm curious from a coaching standpoint. Go ahead. One thing before Brian gives his opinion, which I really want to hear, but I also want to contextualize this for anyone who doesn't know what the hell you're talking about right now. Doug Zenzer and Martin is staging a coup what's he doing like what give me the like explain like i'm five quick too long so i might not be the best person to explain while i'm five uh but basically (laughs) they released the format for champs for challengers and brian you correct me if i'm wrong on any of this and there's only going to be eight teams but they're from all of the regions so there's only yeah i think four teams coming from north america that's bull dude no it's only two teams it's it's realistically it's only gonna be two teams from north america because right now with how it's laid out is it's top four in global pro points, which currently, as is, I don't think is really too uh, surpassable. I think for the most part, those are pretty locked in right now. And that's, that's looking like um, it's like Toronto NA, uh, like our academy team in the four spot, like Toronto EU, I think is also in there. And like one other European team, I think it might be like war. I think all of them have like a pretty big gap on the top four. So from how like it looks right now, pretty much all four of those teams are kind of like locked in at champs. So basically there's only like four spots on top of that. And it's a last chance qualifier from NA, EU, APAC, and Latin America. And also what's, uh, to dive a little bit more into that, what's also like really shitty for the Latin American last, uh, last qualifier spot is their best team came over to North America, I think to play in the elite qualifier for this last and final stage, they qualified for the NA elite in this last stage. And since they qualified, they're not allowed to go back to their home region to play in that last chance qualifier. So the best team from that region isn't, isn't even going to be like going to champs most likely, unless they win the NA qualifier. Seriously. Yeah. And I believe that's how it works. Oh my gosh, bro! Like I it's do, like the very like tip of the <laughs> yeah, iceberg I mean, on that. But and, that, and then that. and then winning like the NA qualifier is like a huge long shot as well because they're currently like uh, zero and four, I think, in the elite. And then you have like the NA last chance qualifier is going to have like Clay's team. It's going to have uh, well everybody because you know, they yeah, have the yeah, only way to make literally it. everyone except for Toronto NA. Yeah, if I'm parasite, I'm like, hey, put me on a team. I want to try. Like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if there's only one team going, um, man. It, it it seems like, and I remember, so the other piece to add in, Ashley, is that Doug announced on Twitter that he was going to go to another country. Bro, he's going to Yannette's house, I take his bro. whole team there. 
he said, I talked to Yannette, and she said, I can use her house, and we're going to go to Mexico, and we're going to play there and try to qualify from another country, and then the league told him he can't do that. Yo, I shipped them. Wait, the league was like, nah? Well, no, because two players on his roster had competed in the uh, NA Elite Series. Whoa. Oh, so they can't play in another country. Yeah, yeah. Damn. That was, that was the reasoning, apparently. Well, I mean, it makes sense anyway. It's like, you know, let somebody just go to another country and destroy their, you know, because like you just said, yeah, the Latin I, I American <laughs> market has a free opportunity for someone to I go mean, yeah, you would, you would see people doing that in Counter-Strike all the time as well, if, if that was allowed. Crazy times, man. So do you guys so, think that they're actually going to change the format? There's been an uprising led by muscle tank top god <laughs> Doug Sensor Martin. Do you think that they're going to be able to, like, actually make an impactful change or is he just gonna be like ah hold the l this year we'll figure it out next year nah i it's it's really i mean i hope they they're able to make some sort of change i mean i know a lot of them were saying yeah it should be 32 teams i think 32 teams going to a challengers champs is a bit of a stretch That's too much it's 16. I, I think it, i think it should definitely be like a 16 team tournament though for sure like right 16 on. for sure video call me i'll five minutes five million dollars i'll tell you what to do 16 teams. You're welcome. So I have to agree with Brian. And when I said earlier about the whole marketing standpoint, like it's almost like the G league of the NBA, you know, complaining that they don't get enough coverage. Like the NBA could just be like, Hey, we'll, we'll just <laughs> yeah. not cover you. And what you put it like it? that, you know, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, that's it. challengers. Now I will say I was looking earlier. There was a challenger stream with 3000 or 4,000 people watching it. That's great. You know, for the EU. And so it's like, if as Challengers grows, which it has a lot because it's produced a lot of players, but what happens? Cream rises to the top. All of their great players that would have fandom and have people actually watching these streams, they go play for CDL teams or they go sit on their bench. And so it's like if Standy was still in Challengers, if Paul X, if Capsidal, if mm-hmm. like all these guys, like if they were still in Challengers, then heck yeah, like you'd be watching the crap out of it. Imagine Sib and Pred doing what they're doing on the Surge, but in Challengers, like... And so, or Mac or somebody, any of these guys, like, and so I think we've created a system where the best players are in the CDL. And if the CDL is deciding how they're going to use their finances and budget, because, you know, you add more teams, it's just more costs. That's more, that's more setups. That's more locker rooms, um, which I thought was hilarious at the last one, but that's more locker rooms for people to be in. That's like you, that's all space. That's money, you know? And so I think the challenge they're having from the league perspective, I do think that Daniel or whatever the guy's name is that runs it, like, he seems to be very. He seems to listen. It just he does, he's not public about his decision making, but he seems to listen and actually talk to his team and then come back with a solution that's like, oh, okay, that's a good compromise. So that's what I hope happens. Is like to Brian's point, I just hope there's some kind of a compromise, even if they add two more spots, I'd be happy. You know, like just open it up at least and let more teams get in because yes, it's the best market, but I understand what they're doing because it's just like the World Cup in soccer, like you're getting countries involved by having people from other regions be a part of it. So I I, I guess I get what the league is doing. Um, But yeah, it's hurting some people in their futures. Well, it's tough too. And I'll be the, well, maybe not a popular take, Ashley. Don't say it just like that. But there is a lot of entitlement that I've seen over the years from the Challengers players. I think part of this is also, you know, three, four years ago, they were going to open land tournaments where there was like 200 teams and they were able to really make their mark, um, you know, if they showed up and, and played. And so for that to be, you know, downsized in a, in a way, and then obviously like the champs, 
you know, version of it isn't, I, th- I think minimum it should be 16 teams. I don't think that's too much harder to do. I think NA right. should get the focus. I don't care. Roast me the rest of the world. That's where, <laughs> you know, that's where the talent's coming up through at this moment. I mean, so, sure. Yeah, I mean, at the last, at the Toronto Len, uh, I don't think any of the EU teams even, like, got, like, top 12 at that, that event. That was, like, super NA dominant. I know at, like, our event, uh, it was pretty mixed in terms of the top eight. You know, it was like two EU, like two NA that ended up qualifying for um, the uh, the pro am. But yeah, at the Toronto event, NA teams were kind of just taking over at that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hopefully, next week we're talking about how they've added some slots and everything's going to be okay, and we can all sleep at night. That will be what I'm looking for next week. <laughs> And what I'm looking forward to now is the matches this weekend in the CDL. Baby, let's freaking go. Rocker plays twice. We're going to get into some predictions. But real quick before we do, we are super excited to announce that we've got a brand new partner on the rotation. Let's go. Prize picks. Uh, we're super grateful that they're supporting the podcast. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit to just tell you about who they are, what they do, and why you should check them out. Prize picks is the easiest way to play daily fantasy for both esports and traditional sports. If you don't know how Daily Fantasy works yet, it's super straightforward. You can check out the games that are coming up and place props on players that are based on projections, like banging the over on the number on a Steph Curry points projection. Don't know why you do that, but hey. Uh, (laughs) They've got Call of Duty, Valorant, Rocket League, and other esports. Plus, I'm definitely going to be hitting up some football games in the fall. I'm super stoked. Uh, The projections are posted a few days before the games happen, so you can always check props are available and bam super simple depending on how many over under picks that i make i could win up to 10 times what i if you want to give prize picks a shot please don't forget to use promo code rotation when you sign up for a match deposit up to 100 when you create a new account you must be 18 to play daily fantasy on prize picks and remember play responsibly link will be in the description and all that good stuff big shouts Two prize picks for sponsoring the rotation. Now let's get into our predictions. Yo, GG's on our first sponsor though. GG's. Hey, first first sponsor on the rotation. Round of applause for that. And a like on the video. Go sign up for go go sign up for prize picks, man. It's a good time. It's a good time. I was looking around on there today. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for them to put the Call of Duty matches on this weekend. I'm gonna go bet on Optic for sure. Um, but e- either way here. Um, so let's get into it. We got some predictions coming up. Uh, usually how we like to do it, we're going to stick to this. We're going to go pretty quickly through these with the exception of picking one match to highlight per day. Obviously, Saturday and Sunday will be the rocker matches. Um, and I think, honestly, the match we should highlight for Friday should be what? Ultra versus Gorillas? Is that pretty agreed upon? That's the fire match of that day? Um, yeah. Let me see the schedule. What What day? Uh, Friday, uh, so that uh, that NYSL mutineers is gonna be a little spicy. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if I guess Subliners could play spoiler to what mutineers is trying to do. And I mean, they, they gotta win like everything. Roster change with Florida, right? So maybe that could be the one. But it's so hard to talk about that because we don't have a confirmed roster here. Yeah. Um. F in the chat. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll just get started here. Uh, on Friday, June 24th, we got Mutineers versus Subliners. This is a bounty match, extra 10K on the on the line, which is pretty cool. Uh, I got NYSL chalked, dude. I've got them chalked. I don't think they're going to make champs. It's literally mind-blowing to me 
that seemingly both Clayster and Crim6 will not be at champs this year. I think that's all but confirmed unless subliners absolutely like... Yet. What's that? <laughs> I said don't count Clay out yet. I, I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, he's got to appear on a team. I think uh, Jake messaged me while we were yeah. doing this. Uh, the roster lock isn't until July 10th. So Yeah, so like right before the major. Right before the major, basically. So we could still see a random ponytail clay appear and maybe play a champ. Same, I don't know. That seems. Well, I mean, he's he's. I mean, he still signs for the roster, so it doesn't matter. I I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess they're gonna wait till the off season to really maximize, um, you know, the buyout that they're able to get and everything. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Anyway, we will get into predicting the match though. Florida Mutineers versus Subliners. Mutineers is in do or die mode, and as much as I really want them to lose, and we need them to lose, man, I do think they're going to take this matchup versus the subliners three to one. It sounds like they're going to have uh, new folks on the roster with Dev Petty out, uh, so it's going to be it's going to be kind of crazy to to see that. You never know how it's going to go, but I got Florida three one. Who do you got, Brian? Um. <sighs> We play New York. We've 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 practiced against New York a lot. Their hard points like really insanely good still. With them going into this, like it just depends how their mindset is going into this stage. In my opinion, like if they go into like their first week of matches where they're like, okay, like if we go two and zero here, like we can still make champs. Um, I'm gonna lean slightly toward New York just because I don't know what to expect out of Florida right now. That sounds that sounds good. Uh, uh, one one note I'll to make before Kingdom goes here. Uh, Kingdom is the resident NYSW stan on the podcast, <laughs> so I'm um, kind of guessing Kingdom subliners. You think? Uh, yep. I'm gonna say three one NYSW. Uh, I've been watch. I watched the like I said. I watched the no pressure video they put out today. Their vibes are in a different stratosphere right now. You know they. They went up against um, two tough opponents at the last event, you know, went all the way to round 11 um, against the surge. And that was a hard L to take. Yeah, and, like, I feel like that definitely broke them that tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kismet is a star, dude. Like dude, and yeah. Paul X was one of the top uh, 10 players of the stage. And so, like, I think they have something there, you know, and, and like Kismet's I like IGL abilities and hearing Krim say out loud multiple times. I wanted Kismet to teach us like he's a good leader. I'm learning to listen to him. Like that's I haven't heard Krim say that. I haven't heard Krim say that. I haven't heard him say that ever. That's what I'm saying. Like, and for Krim to be like, I'm gonna do my job, tell me what to do to another player. But then listening to Kismet and what he says and how he leads, and I watched Krim say, I want you to do this, and Kismet's like, Well, what I'm worried about is us getting the bomb down and having enough players alive. Like he's willing to step up to Krim and Krim's taking it. Like that's dangerous. So I'm going to say with a playing against a team that we don't even know the full roster yet, I'm going to say NYSL is going to take this one. Nice one. Nice one. All right. We got Optic Texas. Dude, I'm, they're the only team where I read their name before where they're from. Maybe Rocker, I guess. I just say Rocker. But yeah, we got Texas Optic. That doesn't feel right. That's weird. Don't even. Yeah. Optic Texas versus Boston Breach. Boston Breach, obviously, we already talked about the team change they made. Texas is playing with a sub in Pro Loot in for Illy, who's healing his, what is it, his wrist? Or, like, yeah, wrist, I finger. guess. Finger. His finger. Yeah, on his Bro, thumb, there's can... a bump. Ooh, a thumb? A bump. It's like a weird bump. Like a it, cyst? They had to Bro. drain. Yeah, it's weird. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really too uh, yeah. up to date with the whole situation. I want to see. I've a watched a lot of optic that... videos on it. He just, it's like the Zuma thing where it's like, the more he plays like with it, the more it gets irritated. Yeah. He tried to, he tried to switch up how he plays. Um, no, you can't do that. But then he plays worse. Yeah. You know? So it's like you don't want Illy to not have his gunny. So yeah, it's nah. tough. It's all muscle memory, baby. And you start messing with that, it's not good. Uh, gosh, right. I I say the match, and then I go into a preamble where we start talking about something else and i really did say and intend that we were going to go through these quickly so let's get going texas versus boston maybe i'm just feeling like the honeymoon vibes but i think breach could win this maybe that's a crazy take i don't know if vivid's going to be enough to pull boston out of their slump but boston's in do or die time and i'm just putting that you know in their corner even though it's versus optic i very very rarely say that optics gonna lose optic midnight forever but i got boston breach three two i think optics just gonna not mail it in but you know they're qualified Whoa. they got a sub it's okay what do you think kingdom who you got uh, i'm gonna say three one optic i think they're still optic and prolute was great you know uh in a good number of his matches i'd say more than he wasn't um and he's been around the roster long enough to where I think he'll find some success. Um, he wants to show off because he wants to be picked up by a team, you know, um, and that's his goal. He's going to keep playing. Like he's he's he, he got dropped from Optic and immediately was on a Challengers team, you know. And now Capital took his place on his Challengers team and he's back in the league. And I think he's going to do everything he can. I don't think Boston. Is, I don't think the vivid change was enough. Three one. I'm team top four all stage. If you see Optic in a match. Phase in a match, Seattle in a match, Toronto in a match, unless it's against us, I'm going for them every single time. <laughs> Makes sense. EG. Optic, so you're you're green wall this weekend for this match. Only for this match. Well, for Optic. for 50% of the weekend, yeah. For 50 for Friday <laughs> only, Green Wall Saints. All right, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, you gotta you gotta but, I, but, I, but, I, but I actually do think uh Optic take that series as well. Man, I'm blasted. I'm picking Breach, bro. Maybe I'm just, like, obsessed with Zinni. I think, I don't know, man. He's got something up his sleeve. We'll see. Uh, and then looking ahead, we got Toronto Ultra versus LAG. LAG, fresh off a team change. Mm -hmm. We kind of talked about how we were kind of the, the sentiment here, at least on the rotation, is that Gorilla's made a little bit of a lateral move. Toronto looked really good at their own event. And I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. So personally for me, I got Ultra 3-1 here. Yeah, Toronto are just so good at S&D right now. And even last stage, I think they were like statistically the number one hardpoint team last stage. Like their hardpoint did a complete 180 from how it was before that, where they were like, I think the absolute worst the stage before, although they did, you know, I think beat us that stage. They still had a worse hardpoint record than us. But um, yeah, I got Toronto taking it. Uh, I'm going to go 3-0. I'm going to say 3-2 Toronto. I think Nep and uh, Hook and Spark are going to run around like little cracked kids and slashers <laughs> and the L-Trigger to the best of his abilities. And uh, I feel like they're going to have fun and their honeymoon is going to get them two maps, but they're not winning. So I'll say 3-2 Toronto. Yeah, it's going to be super hard for them to beat Toronto in S&D, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a super tough like new team first match. Almost Ultra. impossible. Yeah, they're just too good. Yeah, and I mean at the same time, yeah. like you never know. They subbed in Spartan. They won ten S and Ds in a row just without <laughs> yeah, any practice. So that's true. 
True. And Neptune then, was playing well in uh, S and D and Challengers leading up to this stage as well. So you never it's going to be the slasher factor, man. If they can work with yeah. slasher, we'll see. Is that at the same time the way Toronto plays S and D? I feel like it just completely like counters uh, how teams you know, and players play in like S and D eights, and I think that like a lot of their players are players that grind like S and D eights. Mm. So Toronto's play style, I think, will uh, counter that pretty well. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that real quick. Like when a team makes a change and they they roll they roll S and D right, I think maybe maybe I'm blasted. You you correct me, uh, saying, but if you bring out a new player, you're probably your first priority is to get into respawns and mesh the roles and mesh the yeah. player into the team. Is it safe to say that if a new player comes into a team, they might have a little bit of an edge in S and D because they will just play differently than the other team is expecting? Like maybe they're doing more random stuff. Yeah, it's definitely very possible because the other team won't really have too much read, and if they prep like really well for the other team, and the other team kind of plays how they have been, the other team can realistically play the play around them a lot more. And I know LIG is a team that will put in a lot of prep going into the match, so. But even then, like, Toronto's the one team. They're just so hard to prep around in S&D. They're so... They're methodical, man. They're so patient. They don't slip. They do not slip in S&D. Yeah, they're, they're just always super on point in S&D. And, like, even when you prep against Toronto, it's just so hard to beat them in that mode. Nice. Thank, thanks for the insight. I was always interested in that, finding find that out. <laughs> the insight. <laughs> the insight. Ow! Uh. Hey, man, I'll be here all week, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Um... Uh, so we got back-to-back Toronto Ultra matches. They close Friday. They open Saturday. Working the open-to-close shift. Shout-out to all my retail and food service uh, homies out there. But, no, yeah, we got Toronto Ultra versus London Royal Ravens. Uh, reverse the script of everything we just said. Yes, 3-0 for Ravens. For me, Kingdom, are you 3-0-2? Or, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. Ultra. Again. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? I'm not saying that. That's crazy. <laughs> you put your hands on, you were like, no, I don't come down that. No, I got Ultra 3-0 Ravens. They're going to kill it, unfortunately. Yeah. Look at Toronto. I think so. And it's and it's 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 a stature match. Like, every time they go up against Zero, they're like, you know, we're going to smoke this other team. Because they are a, I forget what they've been calling Toronto recently, an EU roster they are team. EU coach you roster yeah it's like toronto they're canadian but they're not canadian they're like people have figured out a way to say it but whatever they call them they're up against an, an, another roster that's similar and you know they're gonna go hard it's eu mm-hmm. versus eu but na versus eu at the same time crazy yeah I, I got toronto as well you got a map count for it or you just you're picking the- um three uh three i was like boring to say but i feel like that one <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to like visualize what the maps will be. Okay, no, we got. We got to get through these a lot faster. Yeah, Listen, I'll, I'll I'll speed. I'll speed run every single match right now. All right, let's go. Except the rocker matches, but we're not actually. I don't. I don't comment on those ones. Yeah, we're not going to ask you to predict the rocker matches. So we'll we'll power through. You got Toronto three zero three one. Yeah, I'll I'll say three zero. Nice, nice. Write that one down, producer Shannon. All right, subliners versus gorillas. I have no idea what to expect here, honestly. This, this is this is the grudge match. This stage, you got Neptune versus New York. I mean, I obviously want New York to win, you know, just uh, for, for our points, own baby. points' sake. But I got, I think LAG take that one three two. I agree, but I'm gonna try to manifest that shit. I think Subliners is gonna. Th- 
three two lag. I hope. I really hope that happens. Please. Same. That's what I'm calling. Three Please, two. Please, God, guys. NYSW for Kingdom, the resident NYSL stand. Let's go. Love that. Optic Texas versus Minnesota Rocker Saints. We will not ask you to uh, go ahead and predict this one, but Kingdom and I will. Let's have fun. Uh, Rocker 3-0. Saint, we're the fucking best, right? We're the no, I'm just kidding. No, I think um, you know. I think when we're looking at Rocker versus Optic here, I kind of made some points about Optic that I think still stand. I'm not saying they're not trying, but I just feel like I know Optic. Like if they're set they're set the only thing i guess i mean maybe rambo's just not gonna like stand for that but i also know that he puts a huge huge um weight on you know the land events and, and then obviously champ so obviously it behooves optic to play well here but i just i don't know man i love my my um kind of thing for all these matches this weekend is every team that has their back against the wall is gonna show up and that's what i hope happens and i think that you know rocker here we have to win this. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. And we've got to do it nicely. I think 3-1 for the marquee match here on Saturday. Optic versus Rocker. Rocker. Three, did I say 3-1? Yeah. Is that crazy, Kingdom? That, no. Man, this Optic roster is so scary, man. Like, freaking... I mean... I'm not scared. Saints not Shotzi, scared. Shotzi hasn't let up since he's gotten in this league. And he's just gotten better. You know, like, he's just a better... He just keeps getting better as a player. Um... The pro loot piece is the one piece where I'm like, that's going to throw them off a little bit. I hear how much Seth says Illy is really good, and he's very, very, very important to the roster, um, and he's so important. Um, I think it'll throw him off enough, uh, but Ray's a really good coach. He's not going to let them just slide. Um, but I'm going to say Minnesota 3, and that's upset points, right? I'm going to say 3-2 uh, Minnesota. Yeah, upset points, Shannon. Let's go. Let's go. LA Thieves versus Boston Breach. Lat versus Breach. I think Lat's got this. I don't want them to win. Man, I'm somewhere between wanting to manifest it with my prediction and also like having a brain. I just, I don't know. I, don't, I think LA Thieves got this. Uh, I'm going to say 3 0. Is that crazy? Not too crazy. 3 0 for LAT matches. <laughs> Just doesn't that is kind of crazy. Yeah, it just doesn't I happen. feel like their matches are always kind of grindy. They are. The ones they win, yeah, for sure. True. They do have to grind, but I don't know. Maybe that'll change. Maybe they're, like, turning a new leaf, new stage, or tightening it up. They did pretty well last stage. Yeah, they definitely turned up uh, at, at the tournament, for sure. I don't know, Great. though. For, uh, I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, this is a weird one for me. I'm going to go... Don't know what I have zero clue what to expect that Boston right now, but I'm just gonna go Boston three two. We sometimes LAT are always kind of like shoddy online. I feel like true, yeah. Kingdom, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna say three one. Actually, LAT though. Um, I feel like they're in eighth right now. That's gonna be their first match. They could actually not. They could be tied for eighth if Minnesota wins their first match. Like by the time they play. They might be in a different position. And so I'm saying Nate Shot is doing something over there, kicking people, whatever he's got to do. He's like, yo, I'm engaged. Don't ruin my. Like, right <laughs> Don't ruin my vibe, man. And so, like, something's going to happen. And I think LAT is going to show up uh, it, secretly. And remember, I told you guys this two weeks ago. I think they have the second highest average placing in the league, which is ridiculous at the actual majors. That which is, is cra crazy. Bro. Including the pro am which is crazy at the LAN events. I think they have the second highest placing. And so like 
they just have been not doing the greatest during the qualifiers, and I think this is the one where they're going to step up. We'll see. We'll see, man. And then we roll into Sunday. By the way, Sunday for the Rocker match, there is a watch party in Minneapolis. I'm going to mess this brewery's name up, but just, I mean, I'm going to try to nail it. All right. Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. Say that. <laughs> Sisyphus. Yo, yeah. Put the image on the screen. Bless. Please. Thank you, Lord. I need help. How do you say that? Sisyphus. There we go. There it is. 712 Ontario Avenue West. Sweet 100 in Minneapolis. Uh, definitely check us out over there. We'll be, uh, I'm actually going to be there. I'm going to Pride that day. We also, we have a booth at Pride, baby. Let's go. We're going to be next to the Minnesota Vikings booth, I believe, at Twin Cities Pride there in Loring Park. Uh, this watch party is a pretty close distance. I think it's like an eight-minute drive or something like that. A little 20-minute walk, 15, 20-minute walk over to the watch party if you're at Pride. Or if you're not at Pride, just, hey, come stop by the watch party. It's going to be a good time for our match on Sunday. And shout out to producer Shannon for uh, getting to that scene because I randomly just brought that up. I did not tell I was going to bring that up. And uh, that's on me, Shannon. Producer Shannon and producer Will, they they have, um, you know. Dynamic duo. Yeah, they are the dynamic duo. All right, I'm going to go back to predicting the matches here on Sunday. Let's freaking go. We got Surge versus Legion. I mean, I was going to say Surge like 3-0 or 3-1, but Saint came in just sideways about Paris Legion. He's like, dude, they're nasty. Like, no, I'm they, trolling. I'm trolling. You are? Are you for real? <laughs> You're messing with me, bro. I've, I'm a Paris Legion fan now. Now that I know they're kind of nasty in scrims. Wait, do they still scrim? Is that, yeah, that's a every team question. does. Yeah. Man, I just I wish Paris Legion would try harder. Not like the players. I mean, like as as a CDL team. Real. Like, like they, I don't want them to have this reputation where they're just you know the the players who don't end up on other teams end up in Paris. I hate that for them. I don't like that vibe. I'm gonna go with Real. the bit here. Saints said they're nasty in scrims. I'm going Paris Legion, bro. Three two. That makes no sense. I'm putting my prediction points on the on the line, and if they win, I want like triple upset points. All right, Shannon. I got Legion three two over Surge. It makes no sense. Don't talk to me. Don't at me. I just gotta go with the current top dogs here, and that's Paris Legion taking the three zero. Three zero, bro. <laughs> Yo, Rory's beaming at this point, dude. It's three zero Surge. No, oh, Kingdom, you're gonna, you're gonna. Yes, I'm going against the vibes. Speed. Look, accuracy. They they showed a graphic. Accuracy has the most S and D clutches in the league. He does have the most clutches. Like, this dude's actually living Listen, up to his C name. Seattle turns it back around at this stage after that match. Yeah, okay, got it. True, I mean, that'll true. do it. Like if they lose, to they, maybe they have a like, they have a major hangover. And this is their yeah, this is their first match of uh, of of major four qualifiers. Yeah. So this, I mean, hey yeah. man, go Legion, bro! I'm gonna I might buy some Legion merch. I need to like I feel bad for them. Honestly, I want to root for them. All right, we got Florida Mutineers versus Minnesota Rocker. I hate to say it, especially with Coach Saint on the podcast. This is a must win. This is a high pressure match. We're currently tied with them in the standings. We need to get top eight. I will fight. I will fight for this. I hope, bro. I'm just sending. I'm sending all the vibes. Florida Meteors versus Rocker. Rocker's got this. Honestly, I'm gonna say something crazy. Three one. We don't want to go to map five. Let's get it over with. I, hey, I mean, that, that is what the score was last time. 
hey, let's do it again. Let's run it back, Saint. Let's run. I don't care who they got on their roster. I don't know who they're getting rid of, who they're bringing on. I don't care. Rocker, 3-1. Kingdom, who you got? We're not going to make Saint predict this. Uh, I'm going to say Rocker, 3-1. I, I think they're just a better team. Um, it, roster changes do something to, to rosters, but um, I don't think they're going to catapult Florida into like the stratosphere or anything. I mean, if it releases Skies and Wake, then maybe it'll make a change if they can consistently fry and do what they want on the map. But I don't, I think there's always been a missing component on Florida and it's, it's one of these, like um, I think they need a goat on their team. They need somebody with time and experience in the league, a veteran, and they don't have that. So maybe like a person with a ponytail or like a, you know, that played for unite and likes to scream on stage. Yeah. That could happen. Yeah. He's got the cool glasses, the goatee. (laughs) You never know. Uh, Yo, real quick, unpopular opinion. And I've held this actually just silently in my heart for an entire year. Skies and weight can't be on the same team. Ooh. That crazy I, mean, I think this season, uh, depending on how it ends, will either prove or deny that. It'll either make them or break them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just too, they're great. They're great players. Um, but I just feel like their role is too similar. Their pacing's too similar. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't coach a Call of Duty. I have no idea. But that's just my my uh, rotten take uh, for the episode. There you go. Laid it out. Um, LA Thieves versus Atlanta Phase. Marquee match. Phase is going to win this match. And I hope that they do for our sake because we need LA Thieves to lose as much as possible so that we can play as better. But I also just do genuinely believe that Atlanta Phase is pissed. They have gotten second at what? Two of the three majors? Or were they at all three in second? I'm trying to remember. Two of the three. Two of the three majors phases played no, second. No, they, no, they just weren't at the they just weren't at the pro am. So yeah, all the majors. Yeah, yeah, bro, the all right, we're gonna settle this here and forever. You know what I'm about to ask, Kingdom Saint? Was the pro am uh, like a real go, tournament? <laughs> um, no, yeah, right? it definitely was. I mean, we obviously won to win it, but at the same time, like I think a lot of teams were still testing like their map pools that tournament. There was, I mean, we were uh, kind of getting a feel for our new roster. New York Honeymoon with their new roster. Optic had the fill-in, you know, that was like on and off throughout the event. Like they played their first match with Illy and then brought in a uh, Jay Jenny right after. That was a weird event, uh, for sure. And then they went to like the single limb bracket as well. It, I mean, it was definitely like a real event, but in the what? grand scheme, it doesn't really matter is it a whole a, ton. Is it a real we used, we used it more as like practice and like a temperature check for how our roster change was looking and like how we felt the trajectory of the team could go for there. We didn't really put too much stress on ourselves going into that event is what I'll say. But if um, you've won it, you'd be proud of winning it. Yeah, right? I would. Yeah, I definitely would have been stoked. Would that be it, a you know, chip though? Nice, nice little prize pool on the line would have been, you know, really happy with the progress we've seen. But um, if we're still going into the major four, you know, 10 points out of champs. Like I, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Right. Them. That's a good point. The thing I said to Ashley is that what made it an event to me is it had that unique component of having challengers teams playing up against Mm -hmm. pro teams, which we haven't seen since like MLG time, you know, like since the inception of the CDL, we haven't really seen that happen. And so I I saw the potential format for next year and it looks like there's a lot more pro-ams coming. What? They didn't even make the bracket, the challengers teams. Oh, I know. But, or maybe I mean, they got to play. Was it got to show no, off no, no, none, none did. Uh, none Toronto NA was close, but they lost like the, the, the three-way tie with Boston and Paris. Hashtag not a chip. I'll die it on is this what hill. It is. I will. I will take the L, though. You guys both say it's a real tournament. 
Uh, that's that's just like your opinion. That man. more definitely more real than the kickoff. That is For that sure. is what I will say. For sure, I could agree with that. Let's okay. We found common ground. I love that. Let's go. All right. What did I say? Phase three one. La Thieves. Is that what I said? Yeah. Sure. Let's just roll yeah. with it. My prediction for Phase versus LA Thieves three one. Let's finish the weekend off. Kingdom, who you got here in the last match of the weekend? I mean, I'm of course I'm I'm like Brian when it comes to this Atlanta Phase team and Tex and Optic Texas. It's so hard to root against them, um, unless Optic is playing Phase because they're their Kryptonite or whatever. But I like, yeah, Phase is mad. I think the booing is getting to them, and I think if anybody wants to beat them in champs, like. Just get your get a crowd that's gonna boo them. Like it honestly affects the players. And I know Alec and Simp specifically have mentioned it in videos where like it is impacting them in a way that they didn't expect. And they don't like being the villain. You know, LeBron James went through that his first year at with the big three. And then the next year when he stopped being a villain, won, you know, two championships in a row. And so it's like I think that FaZe is right there. They're I don't know if Brian would agree that they're still better than everybody as a team um, i mean we, we i feel like we practice against atlanta like more than like any other team i think if i like look back uh through like our stats from like the start to the finish of the season like we probably scored the most against them and optic and just with how much dude like i i could never i could never pick any team against atlanta they're just they're just so consistently insane yeah facts i mean Simp gave his top three tips today for getting better, and he said, get yourself a Celium. <laughs> you know, like, th- that team is just ridiculous. And no, the LA Thieves are not going to beat them. And so that's a good match for you guys, of course. Um, definitely, a, I'd say a Yeah, it's, it's a grueler. It's a grueler every time we practice against those guys. They're like, they're just, they just have so much skill on their team. Like, even when they're kind of, like, out of form a little bit, like, them being out of form will still beat, like, most, most teams. teams in the league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to be tough for now. If they lose everything and win champs, they'll be fine, right? Like, they will be 100% yeah, fine I agree with, with that. that. Um, yeah, we play yeah, without two a doubt. at every major. They can get the, yeah, four, four seconds and like a first place of the big one. Like, you're, you're a okay with that. Okay, let me ask you this though, Brian. You know, the dynasty talk has stopped ever since they haven't because they didn't win this, they haven't won anything mm-hmm. this year. If they win champs this year but don't win a single major, do you think the dynasty talk is going to come back? Yeah, I mean, if if you get like second four events and then win champs, like, I mean, you you have to talk about the team. Like, if they're getting like first or second every, I mean, it's it's much harder in this day and age to be a dynasty. True, the yeah. talent is spread quite a bit more. Back in the day, uh, I mean, Optic or Cole, you know, way back, I, the best team was just always able to get whoever they wanted on their team without any repercussions. Right. They're like, yo, we want this player. Okay, and this player is on on our team uh, within 24 hours. I think now talent's a lot more spread, and um, you'll just always see like a bit more diversity. Like as good as Phase has been the past two years, uh, there will always be some teams kind of able to at least like compete with them. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they don't win champs this year. I think the dynasty that could break them then. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If they don't win champs, that could that, that could also break them mentally. It's gonna be hard for them to get over that if they if they don't. Hundred uh, percent. If they don't win like one tournament this year. So we're all in agreement. Phase Kingdom. Did you say your map count? Yep, three one. Three one. Is that what I said, dude? I can never remember what I, Shannon producer Shannon writes it all down. Um, wait, they played at the tournament. That was. 
an absolute battering. I got I got FaZe going 3-0 again in that series. I think I just think it's like a super hard matchup for LAT. Yeah, it's going to be sure. a tough one. Going to be a tough one. Well, that that was our predictions. Um, hopefully, I'm correct uh, across the board, and I'm still ahead in prediction points by the end of this whole thing. Uh, we're going to answer a couple of fan cues. Do we have fan cues? I'm not sure if we have fan cues, actually. <laughs> um, I don't see any in the Discord here. Producer Shannon, blink twice. If Oh, we do have she fan cues. Here screen. it is. It's on the screen. Uh, what are your predictions for the gun meta of Modern Warfare 2? This is the hardest question I've ever been asked. What? The UMP, I guess. I don't know. What do you even say to that? I don't even know. I don't even know what weapons are in the game. ACR. I have no idea. No, I mean, I would hope the ACR Wait, is good. It's been you, good in like see, every game it's been in. Bro, did you yep. see in the reveal trailer they showed the ACR, which isn't a big surprise yep. to the point this ain't just said, but like ACR is gonna be number one. ACR was that <laughs> gun in uh, Modern Warfare 2 competitive. For those of you who weren't alive then, ACR, ICR, whatever you call it, yep. you know, whichever <laughs> game it's been in. ACR Red MW3, Dot. that gun was. Oh, I loved it in MW3. Well. Yeah, I, I liked loved it a lot it. more in MW3. That in, was like it was like my favorite gun. Yeah, in, in MW3 it was it was OP as heck. Uh, dude, the UMP forty five, you put a silencer on that thing, bro. You could drop twenty in a in a pub lobby, S and D. But yeah, my yeah. predictions, silver. Um, I don't know what guns are gonna be in the game. Yeah, I'm guessing there will be a submachine gun that everyone likes, and then there will be an assault rifle that everyone likes for the game. That's my prediction. Uh, next, well, the, well, generally there's just one assault rifle everyone likes at the beginning. True. And then after a little bit, there's an SMG that people start using. I, like, games are like usually four ARs uh, right when they first come out. Dude, that's kind of yeah. crazy. Actually, I never really like saw it that way, but that is really how it works. Yeah, it was like that in World War II for sure. Everyone, I think the bar, the bar was just like super OP right at the beginning of the game. Maybe, yeah, it was definitely four bars at the beginning of World War II. Black Ops 4, I think it was pretty much like all Maddoxes for a little bit. So whatever uh, actually, AR, I'm not a hundred percent, but I do feel like it was super, super Maddox heavy at the beginning. Like people didn't even want to use the SOG because they're like, no, this gun's just way too good. Um, Dude, the other games, oh, MW, pretty much everyone just used the M4 at the beginning of that game. And uh, the Saints this prediction year, is it'll be an assault rifle that everyone uses, and then they figure out the sub meta, and we yeah, the, they'll figure out the the SMG that you know can compare, and then once they learn the maps and the routes that they can take, then they'll start using that SMG. Dude, mind blown! I had no idea. That makes sense though. All right, next question. Thank you. I almost said Friday, dude. It's definitely Tuesday. Yo, Noah, shout out Noah. How this is a coach, uh, coach Saint question. How much of an impact has Havoc made inside and outside the game for you guys, Saint? Uh, definitely a ton. Uh, we picked him up when six two in our first stage and in, in series count. Obviously, we didn't you know get the placing that we wanted the major, but we played really well. We played the best hard point we've played. All year, we started winning game ones. Finally, it felt like we were never going to win one online. We could only maybe win them on land. But um, yeah, uh, it was a big turnaround. Also, you know, he came in, the team uh, kind of got like a little bit of a honeymoon. They started vibing uh, a bit more because, you know, we were kind of down in the dumps a bit before that. Also, ended up getting really nice in Minnesota around that time. So, you know, we had more freedom to kind of go outside, hang out a little bit more. But yeah, he, he's been good vibes. He kind of brought a lot to our team when we first brought him in, you know, offering up uh, how he looked at the game and how his Texas Nation team looked at the game. 
and kind of just his general thoughts and play styles in the game. And I think we've implemented a lot of those. We still have a lot to work on to add consistency. I, I think our hard point uh, can improve quite a bit. Our S&D definitely tapered off at the event, but um, as long as we keep it up and, you know, keep getting on each other's asses to improve, uh, yeah, I think the, the half exchange will be very beneficial when it's all said and done. Let's go. Yo, Greasy Gang. Greasy, sorry. Everyone, I think that's what he calls his Twitch subs, right? Greasy Gang. That is what he used to call them back in the day. I believe he still does. He he better, dude. I remember when he came on, like, he was on Twitch, like, streaming Search and Destroy. I don't know. He, he was, came over here, and I feel like he hasn't streamed as much. Yeah. A little undeady, if you ask me. It's safe. When the weather's <laughs> nice, you gotta turn off the Twitch for just a sec, but but also don't. Um, I, is that it for fan cues, producer Shannon? No, one more, one more. Swinter, anything pro or con to take from Major 3 to put into uh, Major 4. So, what's your like main take from Major 3 going into Major 4, Saint? Uh, the main thing is, is altering some of our S&D plays. We gotta... Add a lot more spreads in, a lot more defaults. We can't just, you know, come in with these fast, aggressive rush plays around. Uh, it's definitely going to bite us in the ass on land. Uh, we got to keep improving in control as well. I know we went 7-1 and one in control last stage, but I think a lot of teams have been figuring out Berlin. Tuscan, you know, can just... We'll have those games where it just comes down to whoever gets defense round five, and, you know, you can't always rely on that. I think we need to improve our, our GAV control, which we have been doing for sure, just to be able to add it to our map pool. Uh, but yeah, teams are learning Berlin. We got to have a bit more uh, flexibility with our control with a lot of teams learning that map. And, um, yeah, uh, we just gotta, we gotta iron out our hard point map pool a little bit as well. It's just like such a hard one for us to gauge. We, even like last stage when we were playing well in it, our, our hard point in practice was always kind of shoddy. You know, none of our maps were like really like stand out. Like we won it every single time we, we had a lot of flaws in every map, but we kind of just turned it around in all our matches when it came to hardpoint. So we got to see like what we're feel feeling the most comfortable on in that game mode. And uh, just getting the same consistent situations from practices to matches. Because the one thing that does hurt us the most in, in some of the matches that we lost and some of the matches that we lost is we'll just get in like, this one weird scenario uh, that just isn't something we routinely see in practice because someone you know ends up going a little rogue on the map and, and makes some weird play that just puts us in this really abnormal situation. So right now we're kind of just making sure we do the same exact thing every single map, even if we're losing the maps, just to make things consistent and repeatable. Hashtag don't be a hero, but also do, but also don't just okay, consistency is key. I love the in-depth answer, by the way. I thought you were just gonna be like, yeah, we gotta just like win it a lot more at land. Let's do that. Which I think well, I mean we have, we have a lot of stuff we have to work on. Yeah. Like, I mean our our map counts were good last stage, but it obviously wasn't enough. No, I, I love and that. TN, yeah, and I mean, going 5-0 and in the group stage, too, I, there's definitely a bit of a target on your back. Sure. Teams see, like, what maps you're winning, you know, the the few maps you've been losing, and they can kind of target you based off, like, what your auto veto has been. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to hear that, too, because if, if there's any time of year to buckle down and really take a look at everything and, and give it your all, it's it's this time, baby. Everything is so close. We got one more, one more thank you. Yo, lots of thank yous this week. I think it's because Brian... You keep saying one more, but then there's always one more. I know. More I, well, I actually didn't know 
there I don't usually I see the fan cues ahead of time I didn't this week um but so so yeah we got one this is the last fan cue how about that Shannon I don't care how many more you got sorry producer Shannon and producer Will uh but no hey we got Arez Riley uh any special training before champs or do we keep the same practice routine year long I guess it's kind of a little bit of like a a cascade off the last question like what changes about the practice routine before champs or are you just trying to keep it consistent with what you've been doing um in terms of special training there's not really much different but i will say the practice routine is kind of always altering throughout the year we we just change like our our outlook on things based on how you know some of our maps are going in practice and how they translate to matches and just the team's never going to be the same day to day. You know, some days we're going to come in and someone's vibe's going to be a little bit off. Uh, you know, we're going to start making some different plays on a, on a certain map. You know, the other teams in the game are going to start playing certain hills different ways and, and always constantly adapting. So we always have to adapt our uh, practice regimen as well. You know, tr trying new things, coming up with new setups. Um just the way we start our days before our scrims, you know, like that hour, hour and a half we have before that, you know, changing up what we do there and in terms of whether it's nade training, reviewing different maps, reviewing other teams' maps, we kind of have like an altering uh, style of practice until we find something that works really well. I think that that's kind of how it was for us last year as well. Uh, we just couldn't really find like what worked out the best for us until we hit that uh, that major five timeline and the two weeks leading up to that tournament you know what we started doing in practice then is what really clicked uh for that year at least and it just got us into a rhythm where we just were not losing ever for like a two-week span and the way we felt going into that major was like no one could beat us and no one really knew it like we knew how good we were going into that major and like I was texting my friends and my family, I'm like, yo, like, this is the tournament, like, we're going to win. I feel it 100% in my bones, like, we are just that good right now, and, and that's what ended up happening. So we just need to find that hot spree again, because I think going in the lands, a big thing is is confidence. I mean, sure, we won 5-0 and in our group matches, but we weren't, like, the craziest team in practices. Our hard points were always, you know, shaky in practice, but we were just so consistent in, you know getting rid of our bad habits come matches and, you know, having such a consistent control last split and S and D that we're just able to pull things out. So yeah, it's, um, finding what works out the best for us and just kind of hitting that, you know, hot streak, you know, quote unquote, like honeymoon type phase. Love it. Always evolving. And, and yeah, I do, I do remember actually like, there was a different air, you know, about the team you know, going into stage five of last season. I think in our episode of Saga, which if you have, if you haven't seen Saga, you guys got to check it out. It's on the Rocker YouTube. Great docu-series. Obviously, I am biased because I work for the team. But no, it is great. And especially the episode where you guys won stage five was pretty cool. And even going into it, you could tell in the interviews. I think there was like a pregame interview Rocker had posted to the Twitter um, where you were like... They're not, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you're like, they're not ready or like we, you know, we're feeling really, really good. So I love that. Let's get those vibes back, baby. I believe in the dream. Final thoughts. I guess this is kind of a good like final thought moment. Final thought is to find the groove. I think uh, I said it earlier, but you guys were able to find a bit of a groove there in stage three. 
now if you're if you're going to get hot like you were just talking about saying um at any point in the year it's got to be now it should be now and i think you guys are primed for it to be now so my final thought is freaking do it baby let's catch on fire this is the best time to do it uh no man i'm thankful that uh brian came on today you know i learned a lot got a lot of insight and um i was you know i always wonder how coaches look at other teams and changes and trades and stuff and yeah it's such a hard cool. job um people blame you for the losses and give the players credit for the wins you know and so it's like <laughs> <laughs> that is fact. part of the job right <laughs> like and uh i get it you know i lead teams at work and i want them to get all the praise for when they do something right or we get somebody big or something like that or a good deal like and then yeah when we have mistakes i want the blame i don't want the team to feel like it's their fault um i miss you icon you know if you're watching the shows you know icon, we miss good. you yo um, word on the street get you back in the future icons coming back next week that's i mean who knows at this point but he said yo next week i'm back i'm excited to argue with him about room six and yeah it'd yeah. be great we hopefully <laughs> that's my final thought Maybe he was like, yeah, your final thought is we miss Icon and we want him to come back. Allegedly, he's coming back next week. I'm so excited. All right. One last thing that I'm excited about, then I swear we're going to go. There is going to be a watch party this Sunday. It's going to be at, uh, I don't know how to say the the brewery. Sisyphus Brewery. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yeah. Sassafras. I'm not sure. Sisyphus Brewery, 712 Ontario Avenue in Minneapolis. Look her up. See us at the watch party when we play Florida, a must-win match. I'm absolutely stoked for this this weekend. We got Optic, we got Florida, and we got the watch party on Sunday, June 26th at 3 p.m. Central Time. Get there. Don't be late. I'll see you there. We're gonna, you know, have a little drinky poo and watch the match. We'll be we'll be cheering you guys on, Saint. Um, from there, uh, Saint, you are frozen right now on the screen. But... <laughs> your your pose is nice. Though. Hey, I mean, it's, like you, a, it's a perfect profile. Yeah, you kind of like, like got a paused picture. on a perfect shot. Like your mustache is Real. looking like majestic. Like you got the lighting hitting. It's it's going well. You can see the shirt perfectly. Like ever yes. had a dream or whatever it says on there. Like yeah. Let's go. Have you ever had a dream? All right. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to go dream of Rocker W's this weekend. Let's go. We'll let, we'll let you guys go. Thank you so much for watching on the Rocker YouTube or listening wherever you can listen uh, to podcasts. Shout out to the Rotation fam and Kingdom. Thank you again for joining me. Saints, thank you for coming on yep. this week. And my uh, lights are off right now. I'm going to go turn those on. So have, have a great night, everyone. See ya.